Hi, I'm Cody Alexander with MaxQuarters.com. Welcome to another Art of X show. Today, we're going to be talking about the heavy technique, mostly seen in a four down front, but you do see it anytime that some odd teens play with a five technique. It's also known as fist technique. Uh, or splatter technique, depending on what tree you come from. But the heavy technique is something that I learned when I was with working under Phil Bennett at Baylor in the G front, where you have a two I and a five technique. So how do you close down the A gap and the B gap? And really it comes down to how do you get to tight front fits without actually being in the tight front? You know, I think it's interesting that uh, and I wrote about it in my article this week, time is a flat circle. We, we continuously see the same things over and over and over. The pendulum swings back and forth in football. And I wrote about this in hybrids as well, is that we're seeing more and more odd fronts. So what ends up happening, just like in anything, like, you know, if you teach science and just kind of the ecosystems and evolution and things like that, you start seeing, okay, well, if this is the dominant species within football defense, is the odd front you're gonna find offenses are now attuned to attacking the odd front in particular the tight front so the reaction in the tight front now is hey we've got all these great down blocks let's use those for pin and pull let's use those for gap schemes there's not a lot of pass rush which is an issue in the modern game because this has now become a pass first game. And, you know, analytics has really kind of taken over a lot of the upper levels of football. And most people now are passing on first down or they're doing play action, things like that. So when you get a situation where one, we're not great in the pass rush, two, we're giving them angles in the run game, we're seeing much less zone run game right versus tight front because it gives you the angle. So now you're seeing more gas game, pin and pull, things like that. And up from a nub tight end in particular, making that extra gap, putting tight ends in the C gap, which again, in the tight front, depending on the formation, you may have a, an off ball linebacker that's in charge of the C gap. That's a long way to go for that guy to get there. So being able to manipulate that on the offensive side of the ball has really now brought us back to a four down front that we're seeing more and more being prevalent in the college level. People are running it more. I mean, even Jim Knowles, who was running a three high just a year ago. Now they're doing some more stuff with four down. You look at Trestle at Cincinnati, what Freeman had done the last, the, the last year in the odd front. Now they're kind of sprinkling in some four down front. You're finding tight front guys using more and more of what what's called a heads or a, or a peso package where they're aligning their interior guys on top of the guards and then getting to tight front looks post snap, but yet it looks like a four man front. So what I really want to talk about today is kind of the, what is a fluid front? What is a heavy technique and a five technique kind of give you some film examples and go over that. Because I think that as we go further on down, if you are a true blue four man front team, we single gap fit everything that's what we do. 
it's easy against two back, but if you do get some teams that are going to spread you out, that's when you get that open B gap and you don't, your DN can't close that B gap because, well, that's not his job. So how do you get around that? How do you uh, um, defend the spread? You know, my very first book I wrote, Cautious Aggression, is really about that fluid front four two five that I learned at Baylor, the G front, being able to wash down all the weak side gaps uh, and kind of make it either bounce out the front door or cut off, cut off the kind of escape route and the cutback and making things move post snap without actually calling anything, which again, what the type front really does is it just, it aligns everybody in the gap pre-snap and it just says look you're not going to run the ball inside you're going to have to attack the edges you're going to have to run gap scheme and that's why I think you're seeing a big explosion in wide zone at the college level but also with that the the answer to that has been a lot of four down fronts from teams that have generally been a tight front defense before so it creates a simple math problem right it's it's the box you have five offensive linemen, you have four defensive linemen, how do you cancel gaps? And I think that becomes the issue in defense. And then if you correct it with coverage, let's say you go single high, yeah, now you've created numbers in the box, but you've given up space in the back end. And then it's that constant yin and yang, that constant vertical and horizontal pull that offenses have now become accustomed to with the spread being king now, that defenses are having to figure out these these math problems and at the end of the day if you can cancel gaps with one guy if your guy and i brandon staley was the best at it talking about it last year with what they did in their five-man front is that look if i can play gap and a half then over the over the front i can cancel out all the gaps and i mean you hear about all these college guys talking about it too when you play four down and you play too high coverage, you have to find ways to manipulate the gaps post-snap or you have to blitz into them. And this is why creepers have become so important. This is why simulated pressures have become so important is because defenses are now attempting to play from a too high shell, showing it pre-snap, that that static look pre-snap, and then moving the picture post-snap to create, to to kind of get that math problem and, and the answer back on their side. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we saw the Rams do last year look at what everybody's doing to the Chiefs now with Patrick Mahomes everybody's just saying look we're going to get a four down front we're just going to rush the passer we're going to stay in zone coverage behind it and we're just going to you know we're going to cut off what they have been able to do in man coverage and these blitz centric defenses that you that you saw prior to that I mean that's kind of been what people have been talking about in the NFL this playoff season is how is Patrick Mahomes and how are the Raiders kind of reacting back to hey every Everybody kind of getting in these zone, these zone looks, these two high looks, only rushing for, you know, what does that look like? Now, in some instances, it's easier to run the ball. And but the problem that you get within that is like, look, if you are still doing your offense on box count you're going to end up losing because the way that defense has advanced with the kind of the, with creepers and sim pressures and still being able to have these, these seven man distributions on the back end, but applying pressure pinpoint pressure in certain areas on your box, giving you the illusion that space is open only to find out post snap that it's not, that's, that's when you're going to get into some issues. Um, the issue with a four down just in general, and the reason why offensive coaches love drawing things up to a four down is because it's it for the offense, it's easy. 
Okay. You kind of have, okay, we know we got our one-on-one here. We know we're going to double the nose and we know we're going to get our one-on-one to the DN. So we were now with that double, now that's where we can manipulate the, the inside backer. The, the issue in the four down for defenses is that open B gap. That's the whole reason why the tight front came to be right. You need to close that B gap. So the easiest way to do that is to just set somebody in there. It's kind of like Occam's razor. The easiest answer is usually the right answer, right? So just put him in, in the B gap. The issue then becomes offense has now gone from 50 50 or even a run centric style to now we are kind of in that Uber pass, right? Seven on seven is king. Quarterbacks are everywhere. You know, everybody can pass the ball now at the higher levels. And so that's where that becomes an issue. And we saw this in Ohio State. You know, Ryan Day went and got Jim Knowles out, out of Oklahoma State. If you're somebody that's been following football, you know Ohio State has been a staunch four down, single high, single gap fit. This is what we do. We don't do anything else. And, you know, they've kind of been burned on it the past two years. And so he needed an answer. And the answer is to get Jim Knowles, who has traditionally been a 4-2-5. You play in the Big 12, you tend to end up in a three high safety shell. He even had a four down iteration of his three high. So they, that's where that issue becomes. How do we close down that B gap? That's kind of the big the big issue that you have in the four down is, look, I've got to close that B gap, especially if the back is to that side. So I need to get into what will eventually end up as tight front fits. Um, but you do it post snap. So this is where the heavy technique comes into play is how do you play that five technique to the nose? Because you, you've got a mic backer in the nose that can guard the A gap. But the issue is if you run against a team that is going to have to remove to the weak side and your will linebacker has to get hit, how are you then going to play that? Now, a lot of this comes down to in in the spread, in 10 personnel, right? You've got to close the D gap so that you can get your cover down because you can't have a guy in two places at once. So you have to manipulate the math problem post snap that's usually where the heavy front comes in but the whole point of this is in the article that i wrote this week about the heavy front is that the heavy technique can be used in other opportunities other than 10 personnel like it can be something that be, is a base way that you play your five technique. And I'll go through some of the issues that you get when we get on the whiteboard and before we get into film, but I'm going to give you three examples of how Montana state in their, in their um, semifinal game to go to the championship against North Dakota state, use the heavy front uh, to manipulate uh, South Dakota state who runs a multiple spread attack. They, they, they're kind of like Boise state. They'll be in 12 personnel, one snap, they'll go to 10 personnel, the next snap, they'll be in 11 personnel, the next snap, and just look completely different each snap. And anytime you have that, you can't just constantly be telling your kids, hey, we're going to change technique here. Hey, we're going to change technique here. You've got to be able to have these consistent techniques. And the G front really gives you that ability to have a fluid front, which just means, look, post-snap gaps are going to change. We're going to cancel gaps. We're going to react off of the blocks that we're getting and not necessarily just be react, uh, attack and just go vertical on these vertical columns and then just hope that the backers kind of correct me in the back end. So that that to me is going to be one of, one of that. So let's talk real quick before we get into film. What is a heavy technique? What is it? 
All it is is a technique that the five technique to the nose. So your weak side D in, he is playing the tackle. And in, in the simplest manner of teaching it is you're teaching butter numbers. If I get the numbers from the tackle, I'm going to rip inside and I'm going to read that guard because the guard's going to then tell me, going to tell me what I've got to do next. Okay. If the guard's stepping to me, I'm going to ricochet and I'm going to, I'm going to climb. Okay. If the guard's away, I'm going to keep closing because if the guard's away, that means the center's away. And if the center's away, then I know the nose is closing the A gap, which means I can now close the B gap and now I can close the next A gap. Okay. Because that's the whole point of the fluid front is that we want to just cave down one entire side of that line. Now, if I get the butt of the tackle, then I know everything is kind of washing down. I'm taking path of least resistance and I'm going to, I'm now the dive player. So if you are one of those that, Hey, I like to teach everything through option rules. Well, then I'm the dive player. I've all I'm doing is working heel line. I'm looking for anything to spill. And then I'm looking for the back. Okay. So that that's what I'm doing. I'm working heel line and I'm, and I'm closing it down. So I'm attacking the, the, the near hip of the tackle. If he steps down and gives me his butt, I'm going right off of it and I'm closing B gap, closing A gap, looking for spill, looking for running back. If I get numbers to me, then I'm engaging and I'm ripping underneath and I'm going into the B gap, reading guard, knowing that I'm probably going to get the guard coming to me because I'm getting zoned that way or stretched that way. And that's why you want to teach the ricochet technique off of it and read the guard. Now, if you get a zone lock, it's the same thing. You already read, but numbers. So if I get numbers from the tackle, I'm ripping in. If I get numbers from the guard, I ricochet and use my momentum and, and the guard's momentum to climb vertically. But if I get the butt of the guard, then I'm just going to keep going down. Cause one of the answers that you have to the five technique is what I call a swipe play. So it's like, think about zone arc or an arc read, but you don't have the tight end. You just arc the tackle. It's kind of, it's the same things. Think about it. The same answers you get for the tight front are what you're going to get from the heavy technique, but you get the extra benefit of actually still being able to keep a pass rush because if that tackle, if that tackle kind of kick steps back, then that DN just keeps on rushing. The nice thing about it too, though, in a pass drop, and this is what I've always liked about the heavy technique and pass is that you get that kick step from the tackle now I can still have a two-way go because of where the overhang is. And the overhang knows that they're going to react off of me. If I go and close the B gap, they're going to slam the C door shut. If so even in that passing, even if I, if I work inside, I have a two-way go on the tackle and I can get that. And that's kind of why I like it in pass rush. So let's get into film and let's put it on a whiteboard and then let's go look at it in real time. Let's take a look at how the heavy technique actually works using a whiteboard. So in a typical four down front, you're gonna have a five technique who's gonna be in charge of the C gap. You have a three technique in charge of the B gap. This is what I call the fluid side. So the nose and the DN to the weak side are the ones that are gonna be kind of playing a, a fluid, kind of a fluid play. They're, they're going to uh, they're going to attack the man in front of them and they're gonna to react to what they get. So in here, he's going to attack the inside hip of the guard, but his eyes are going to be directed at the center. The DN is going to attack the outside hip of the tackle and his eyes are going to be squarely on the tackle. Now the, what he's going to do is again, like I said in here, if he sees numbers, he's going to rip inside. Okay, if he sees the butt and, and the tackle goes down, then he's going to rip inside. Okay, and he's just going to work that heel line and he's going to go down. So what I like to do with my kids is I like to explain it to them, dive, like dive, 
quarterback and pitch, right? So in this sense, the D end is going to have the dive. He's going to close the B gap. The will would then have the quarterback and your boundary safety would then have the pitch if you were to get some sort of a option concept. Okay. The way that this is a great example of, and the reason why I use two back, because this is kind of the, the typical offense a lot, a lot of us see. So we're going to get an out block. Let's just say we're going to get regular zone. Okay. Zone here. And he's going to eventually come off for the mic. And then he's going to work up to the will linebacker. He's going to take the DN. So let's just say it's regular split zone. In this instance, the, the nose is going to charge. He's going to get the double and he's going to pin the A gap. Once that center goes away, he's going to work to the opposite A and he's going to try and get that. He's going to try and create a wall here. Once that tackle scoops up and doesn't take the DN, he's going to then close the B, the B gap and eventually get to the tight end who he's going to spill. What this does is we want to then, again, create another alley to where that thing has to bounce all the way out. That As the tackle is working up, the wheel linebacker snaps through, and then you also have the boundary safety fitting there. Now, what some of the issues that you can find in this is if you get a good center and the guard overtakes, now you can get a nice little alley right here and it kind of muddies the water for the mic and you can get a nice little alley right here. This is where I call this the bang play. Um, where the center literally bangs the nose and then sifts up to the mic and he's just reading the mic. Whichever way the mic goes, let's say the mic is anticipating a belly key and he works back, all he's going to do is hinge on top of him. And again, it creates that crease because now we've got a wall built here and a wall built here. And now we've got, we've got, you know, the three tech here. So you see where that can become a natural alley. That nose has to understand that I have to pin that a gap and that Mike is working his six inch steps. Once that center comes off that he's got to anticipate and read color. If the nose crosses his face, that's when now I can, I can work rock back. Now, how does this work in, in the sense like that for the Mike is if we get a full zone from the offensive line, meaning that the center is going to go here and, and climb here. He should be able to cut that off. He should be able to cut off all the way into there. What this allows you to get is really two straight backers here, and you get three to the point of attack, which is something that, that's kind of the, the pipe dream for defense, right? We want to have an inside-outside, but we also want to have what I call a cap fit. You want to have somebody that's on top. If it were to be the slice play and they're reading, they're reading the DN again, we're getting full zone here, here, he's going to bump up to the mic. He's going to try and overtake. He's going to then swipe up to, he's going to kind of swipe up to the, to the wheel linebacker. If, if we're getting this action right here, he's again, looking back inside in case if he wants anything to create a wall right here. If we're getting this, we still should have an inside. We still should have an outside, but with the center away, he, he is able to then kind of stair step and become that kind of that cap defender or somebody that we expect to be there as well, depending on, depending on where the ball hits, because we're going to give a pull read because because of DN. So we're assuming that it's going to pull. He should be able to spill the lead blocker. He should be able outside and you should be able to have a trail technique if he doesn't get, get caught up with the, with the tackle. So in a sense, what we're trying to do is make everything collapse this way. Um, if you're getting, uh, let's just say you're getting counter or anything like that, the natural heavy five technique is going to spill that thing, hopefully behind the guard. So you're going to get, yeah, you're getting all this action down, but now you've got this, now you've got this 
going, uh, kind of spilling everything and really allowing these guys to scrape over the top and then get your boundary safety as a cap defender. So what you're doing is you're creating what I call a fluid front. So you're just kind of creating movement post-snap without actually calling any kind of stunt or any kind of movement. You're doing it off of the read-react of the blockers that they're seeing. The other thing about this that I that I really like as a base technique is that it doesn't just work for zone. It also can work uh, for anything like, let's say that they wanna run a gap ISO or they're trying to get him back in an insert ISO, right? And so you get your, you get your regular um, kind of zone, uh, your man zone blocking, they're trying to fit it in the B gap and get him to move this way. Well, you should be able to get this here. He should be able to spill it. And then you should be able to still get your your um your cap defender on the boundary safety with your run through for the mic so as he's trailing you should be able to get that and if something were to happen and he gets caught outside then you still have your safety who can catch that as it rolls outside as it rolls off the table so again I like it even versus just some of these inserts and just some of these other things that you see. It just really kind of cleans things up. So that's kind of what we're going to dive into and we're going to get into some film. So I wanted to give a, um, a look at what this should look like just in typical. We, we run this. So this is I, I want to make sure that when you're watching this, this is something that we do um, for our defense. So this is kind of a good example. You see the double here. He flashes numbers. The DN is going to work inside, and then the wheel linebacker is going to work tight uh, down the line. Now they're running, they're running kind of a. Um, this is this is really a uh, a slice play, but the tackle you can see how as the tackle kind of bases out right here that they're not really inserting. Uh, this is more or less a handoff, and they want to really give that bluff here. But you can see how the movement can really make that tackle make that tackle cling on and that's that's essentially what that's essentially what we want right there okay the nose does a good job of holding this gap and the mic's going to fill and you can see how that movement that the d end ends up making the play off of it now this isn't a call we didn't give him a rip call he's stepping to the tackle he gets it here he's anticipating a rip which again i would rather him read it a little bit quicker but you can see how where the kids they kind of understand blocking hey he kind of moved to me i know i'm i'm gonna rip inside uh, so when he rips inside and he ends up making the tackle so again if we look at it just in terms of a base technique you have an edge setter here i've got the b gap covered here Mike's inserting in the A. The nose is building building a wall in the B and demanding that double team. That's what we call a pin technique. We've got him scraping down the line, and then the wheel linebacker matching up out here. Now we have an overhang over here in case in case we do end up getting the pole and he he spills it. He's not spilling it to no one. So you can see how that DN works down the line. Nice little tackle for loss three technique and the and the DN works. So my backside DN using that heavy technique uh, and kind of that rip technique you can see that you can see how that works right there okay now we're going to look at uh the example i used in the article uh this week so we're going to go through the three clips that uh of montana state versus south dakota state now south dakota state runs a lot of heavy heavy stuff they run a lot of 11 personnel 12 personnel uh this in fact is 12 personnel on balance they get him off the ball and you can see some guys in their heavy technique to make it easier on on their guys that they're going they're going to go ahead and they're going to angle that guy in i don't think that that's 
necessarily a bad thing. Um, you're just angling into that hip. It makes it easy uh, that more or less when guys do this, this is what you they refer to as a splatter technique because you're going to splatter off that tackle or you're going to work right off of them. So if you've ever heard of a splatter technique, this is kind of I, when I think of splatter, I think of a tilt five that's playing heavy. Um, whereas where I come from in the G front, we're going to go ahead and like I showed in the previous clip, we're just going to let him sit in kind of a regular stance. We don't want to kind of tip our cards um, and attack from that way. So we're watching the DN down here. You can see he flashes numbers and he's going to punch and rip inside. Okay. Now they use a nose stunt on this as well, but you can see how that nose stunt and the that with along with the heavy technique of the five, it creates kind of a, a wash down. And so you end up getting the center is going to have to take and occupy that. The guard sees that he's in the B gap. And so now he goes. What I like about this technique is that at the high school level and sometimes at the lower levels of, of football is that that tackle is not it, conditioned enough to let that go if somebody crosses his face he's like that's my guy i gotta block him he crosses my face even though they're running zone even though he's got a guard inside is do you trust that guard to take it a lot of times they're not going to and you cross that face and so what you end up getting here is we get the b gap pinned we've got two guys on him the center's gonna have to climb they're running outside He's coming outside. He's working outside. There's not, we're, we're basically out leveraging the center's block by speed, and there's just not going to be anybody there. So even though the center does get it, we've got, we're able to get guys going. We've got him bouncing back and there's just a free hitter uh, in the backfield. So again, if we look at this, this is a great technique. He engages the tackle. He gets the numbers. If I get numbers, I rip inside great way. If I get the guard, that's, that's fine as well. And then the three tech just does a great job of just, you know, kind of that attacking that B gap, seeing that it's a uh, stretch and then working right down the line of scrimmage. It's really good stuff. And then he gets right there and for a minimal gain, one yard. But again, you can see how that how that snap that that kind of scrape exchange right here. Boom. He sees that it's in the B gap color flashed him. Now he knows he can go. And then the mics just kind of essentially just kind of stationing himself there and scraping a escape or scraping across again. Watching the DN on the bottom, you can see that he's tilted in. OK, there are now in 11 personnel kind of that set that I showed earlier. We're going to get split zone. He works down the line. Now they teach a surf technique. I call this a, I call this station because I tell them, you know, I want you to hold the station. Other people call this a surf technique. His eyes instantly go down. He sees that, he sees once that he gets that blocker, he's going to spill that thing and make sure that he's on the inside. So you can see how this is kind of, um, kind of what I call a split stretch. The O-line staying lateral on the line and just kind of a, a good example, too, of a, of a cloud force corner making the tackle right there uh, on that. And really with, with Mon Montana, you can see how they're, they're setting the front. They're kind of playing a heads technique which you see this sometimes in, in four down and you, what you're going to get is almost like a heavy technique from heavy technique from the DNs. You see the nice little spill on there as well from the top. And really what ends up happening is they reset the line. This becomes your three technique. This becomes your nose. This becomes your heavy five. And then now he's the three, he's the quarterback player, right? That's why he's surfing. So as you go through this, 
you can see he engages here. He's going to hold the B gap. I'm the quarterback player. He's going to get the heavy technique and again, occupy it. So when, again, when, when you do this, you're occupying that tackle and that tackle can't climb. So the edge of the defense is, is really good. I like this as well um, versus zone heavy teams. If you're going to pressure the away from the running back side, if they're so used to conditioning to see that heavy technique, and then all of a sudden that guy or that, Hey, I know I've got the three and the five and he's not, I know he doesn't knife in and then you, you attack kind of that away from the back or to the tight end. And then all of a sudden that tackle goes down. Hey, that's my guy. I've got somebody inside. I'm going to go ahead and latch on. And then you kind of get this with this collab corner is that, you know, essentially this is a blitz and nobody's there. Uh, so that's kind of a, kind of a good example of how to run this too, even out of heads, as long as they kind of have an idea of where they are, nice ricochet by the three technique to get there. And then once he sees that the heavy five to the top, sees that he, he works in the B gap and holds it. Uh, last one here. Hey, we got the nose. We got the DN again. Tilted in, tilted in. You're gonna see him work down the line. This is a great example of what you call a dent. So he's taking the inside shoulder and he's denting that, and he's just pressing back and, and creating that stagnant. You know, a, a lot of guys are, are gonna tell their DNs, especially in a four down, if that tight end's blocking you then you're not doing your job. You probably shouldn't be playing anyway. He does a great job of, of getting down the line, seeing that, denting it. And then again, you see that three technique looping back once he sees the pole. This is a good, this is kind of good holding that, seeing the back get pulled and then, and then kind of pulling back. Um, you know, not necessarily just saying, hey, we're going to be, you know, hit your head in this gap, don't move, kind of being more intuitive. You know, we're, we're a lot of people anymore are ball fitting with their linebackers. This is a great way of kind of kind of getting those adjustments with the D line as well. So again, denting, holding that heavy technique, stagnating it on the line. He ends up making a really good constrained one-arm tackle right there uh, for a loss. So again, this is just kind of a couple of examples that I used within, within the um, Montana article on how to use a heavy technique and different ways that you can do this. Just want to kind of put words and, and visuals to, to the writing as well. Thanks for joining me today, talking about the heavy technique how you can use that in a four down front. I gave you a little bit of an example from Montana of how you can use that even in a heads technique. So if you're a three down front team and you're trying to get to different iterations of, of tight and you want to use some of that peso package stuff that's becoming more and more popular uh, in, the, in the three down world, uh, I've kind of showed you how you can use that heads technique and have the DN kind of read, read the next guy over as he's, as he's working, kind of basically playing kind of the double, double heavy technique. If you get the numbers, you, you, you rip inside. If you get the butt, you, you surf. Uh, so that's, that's another example of, of how you can kind of hybridize your front right there. Uh, follow me on matchquarters.com. Uh, as always, that's where you can find the archive. All my articles are now on Substack. Uh, make sure you follow the substack.com right there. And then follow me on Twitter at the underscore uh, under coach underscore a always subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow the hashtag art of X.